It's time to get the most in-depth coverage of University of Tennessee football recruiting with Football Futures. Now, here's Josh Ward. Welcome into Football Futures. My name is Josh Ward. Thank you for being here on this Monday evening. We are a little more than a week away from the next signing day to close out the 2020 class. It might not close out Tennessee's 2020 class, though, officially. We'll get to why that's the case coming up in just a moment. Jesse Simonton of AllQuest is going to stop by. Tennessee picks up a commitment in the 2021 class. We're going to go over names to pay attention to here in the final week and a half or so. And Tennessee being mixed up in maybe the two strangest or most unusual stories of this recruiting cycle. I'll get to all of that right here on Football Futures and a, a look ahead to the future of Tennessee's football program as most of 2020 is wrapped up. Most of it was done back in December. We'll take a big picture look at Tennessee's football program moving forward after year two under Jeremy Pruitt. I'm going to get to all of that right here on Football Futures, which is with you every Monday night from 7 until 7.30 through the end of this recruiting process. We're going to have Eric Kane taking over at 7.30 with producing the facts, and then Vol Call is coming up at 8 o'clock. I appreciate you being here, and remember, you can always find the show online, 991thesportsanimal.com, and in the uh, podcast section of the WNML app, Sam Foreman's producing, always does a great job, and we'll get the show up for you soon after it finishes. So you can always go back and listen anytime you like. I want to welcome to the show Jesse Simonton of VolQuest.com. He covers Tennessee football, covers Tennessee football recruiting. You can follow him on Twitter at Jesse R.E. Simonton. Jesse, I appreciate the time as always. And the big name I'm sure that's getting the most attention would be five-star running back Zach Evans. He took a visit to Tennessee this past weekend. We talked about him last week, but now that we know he's been to Knoxville on the official kind of updated thoughts on where things stand with him, Tennessee's part in that with a little more than a week to go until signing day. Yeah, I mean, Tennessee getting one of the top uh, uncommitted, unsigned prospects remaining uh, in this 2020 cycle w- w- was no uh, small feat. I mean, Tennessee really didn't enter the equation seriously, I-, I think you could say, until last Tuesday when Brian Niedermeyer went in home with Zach Evans. Uh, this is obviously a recruitment that's had a lot of twists and turns, has, has probably been as uh, dramatic and-, and as wild as really any in the last three or four cycles. Um, and so kind of almost by a process of elimination, Tennessee has found themselves serious in the mix here. Texas A&M's kind of walked away for whatever reason, LSU and, a- and Evans, uh, just didn't match, even though a lot of folks thought that when he backed out of his LOI from Georgia, that that was going to kind of be the marriage that was going to happen. That hasn't been the case. Um, so Tennessee has kind of snuck its way in there along with Ole Miss. Um, and you know, we have a story up on, on Zach Evans visit. At VolQuest, Austin Price was able to catch up with him. Uh, you know, he enjoyed it. I think he kind of liked the relaxed atmosphere, the fact there wasn't a lot of other visitors here, so he got to spend a lot of time with Jeremy Pruitt. Um, certainly, I think there was a lot of discussion behind the scenes about what Tennessee may or may not do at the running back coach position, you know, who would be his uh, primary coach. I know Niedermeyer has been involved there, but that would not be his position coach. So, Lots of conversations. I think, you know, at the end, Josh, Tennessee feels like they are, you know, firmly in this um, with the decision coming on National Signing Day. There is, as I noted last week, kind of the caveat that, you know, you're not – whoever Evans chooses is not necessarily locked in with him because he cannot sign a second letter of intent. Um, so this is one that may – ultimately drag on even into the summer we'll see uh 
but I think this is Tennessee, Ole Miss. The question is, where does he visit this coming weekend? Does he actually go to Georgia? Um, he still has some interest in Georgia, but, you know, how serious is it both ways? We'll see. There's also some scuttle talking to some folks that, you know, this could just be a Tennessee Ole Miss deal, and then does does Evans go take a trip out west? You know, he's he's had conversations with Oregon, some conversations with you, uh, Southern California. Um, so kind of the 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 saga continues, um, and, and we'll kind of continue to update it as we go. Tennessee's looking to go in there in home, you know, sometime this week, possibly with Pruitt going in there tomorrow, um, but that remains fluid, you know, as of this posting. Yeah, and that's part of it, isn't it? Uh, Jesse Simonton, VolQuest.com. My thought has been that it's it's probably difficult for anybody to come up with a really strong opinion because this story continues to seem to change. And, and heck, Zach Evans might have one thought today and then another thought tomorrow, right? Plus the the fact that he won't actually be signing the letter of intent, so who knows exactly how long it goes. It's just it's probably one of the more difficult recruiting stories to get a real grip on. Am I right there? Oh, 100 percent. And uh, yeah, I mean, I, I've made this comment before, but I think it does bear repeating. I, mean, I think it's a fool's errand to uh, make any sort of, you know, finite prediction on what's going to happen with Zach Evans, because it has uh, been such kind of a roller coaster. I mean, who would have thought that Georgia would even have uh, reengaged its contact with him after letting him out of um, the LOI, you know, a month ago. Uh, so it, it's been a wild one. Tennessee's pitch I think it's pretty obvious you know looking at it from the Vols perspective they don't have anyone on their roster like Zach Evans Eric Gray is is certainly explosive um Tennessee would love to kind of add some one-two punch you know a back that's uh is you know is is a top you know one of the best backs in the country a five-star for a reason so we will see what happens uh with Zach Evans he was not the only visitor that Tennessee had in town this weekend they also had Jerry Caldwell um, South Carolina receiver from Rock Hill. I think South Carolina probably is is the presumed favorite there. Tennessee likes Caldwell a lot, um, but he unofficially visited South Carolina two weeks ago, was at Tennessee, and now will be back at South Carolina for the final weekend before National Signing Day. Yeah, so what do you think about that position there at uh, a wide receiver with uh, you bring up Caldwell and then you have uh, Malachi Weidman, uh, a Florida State commit who has checked out Tennessee uh, checked out Oregon. Uh, D. Beckwith, an athlete who just checked out Florida. Just kind of thoughts of those other big names, guys, that Tennessee has been heavily involved with. Yeah, I think the Vols feel pretty good about Weidman right now. Uh, the question there is, does he go back to Florida State? There's some scuttle. But he may visit Tallahassee unofficially uh, sometime in the middle of this week. He's scheduled to go to an uh, official visit to Ole Miss this weekend. Um, I, I think if he makes his way back to Tallahassee, Tennessee's going to feel much less strong about its chances there. But right now they feel pretty good about flipping a athletic playmaker, another wide receiver. Beckwith, I, I, Beckwith excuse me, I think is, is, is honestly a coin flip, Josh. And talking to folks, Tennessee has some you know strong connections there. The family, the fact that his half-brother uh, is a preferred walk-on in the 2020 class, Cameron Beckwith. Um, distance from home. Tennessee has the advantage from Florida. Tennessee is also kind of pitched Beckwith and using him in kind of this Swiss Army knife way as, you know, some wide receiver in the slot, maybe a little bit of t- tight end stuff, some H-back. But, you know, D has been pretty open about uh, his infatuation with Florida. Um, I think that the Gators also kind of cleared up some of their uh, offensive hurdles this weekend in terms of how they plan on utilizing him. 
So right now I would probably give, you know, a slight edge to Tennessee, um, but th- this is close. I don't think, you know, as we sit here, you know, a week before National Signing Day, I don't think D is, has officially made up his mind. Jesse Simonton, VolQuest.com. And then uh, you've brought up here on the show the last couple of weeks, recruiting in 2021 is a big focus, especially with so few spots remaining in 2020. Tennessee does land a commitment this past weekend. Thoughts there? And then how quickly is the ball going to roll, do you think, with the 2021 class? Clemson picked up several commitments this past weekend. Just what what is that looking like for next year's class already? Yeah, well, I think part of the reason you may see, you know, it's not, only, it's not just the with the early signing period, but the accelerated recruiting calendar, this is the first year that, you know, come Sunday, you know, Super Bowl Sunday, it, it, a new dead period kicks in. So previously schools were hosting a lot of these junior days um, during the month of February. That is no longer the case, which has made these past two weekends and then this coming weekend so important to get as many of your top guys uh, in that 21 class and even trying to make hay early in 2022 on campus and so yeah Clemson got Brigham Sewell uh the tight end from Tennessee Tennessee had interest there plays at Ravenwood they also got the big five-star defensive lineman from out in California Tennessee picks up a commit from Isaac Washington you know Washington's a guy who maybe only a three-star but I I would expect his actually to see some uh, a rankings bump at some point you know his, his offer list kind of outweighs um, his, his current prospect ranking. He had a lot of SEC offers. Good-looking kid. Got to meet him. Uh, I've talked to him a couple of times. We got to meet him for the first time in person this weekend. I think he also is is maybe a sign of things to come for what Tennessee's trying to do in this 21 class. Josh, he's a you know Carolina native. They want to make um, some real noise in, in that area in both those states this year. They feel like. You know, the in-state cord that they went so heavily after in the 2020 class is a little bit down in, 29, in, in 2021. So they'll obviously continue to recruit Georgia. Uh, this staff has a lot of ties in Alabama. We'll see how much, you know, they can actually poach off kids from the Yellowhammer State. But the Carolinas are going to be really important. I think Washington, they hope, is simply the first of many domino, dominoes to fall from that state. Hey, Jesse, final item before you go. Uh, there is the coaching carousel that continues to spin around a little bit. Tennessee's caught up in that. Two openings right now. David Johnson, who left a few weeks ago to Florida State, and then Kevin Scherer news this past weekend that he's headed to the New York Giants. Thoughts on that news with Scherer, and then uh, any updated thoughts on could there be more potential movement within the staff? Yeah, it's funny because I've, you know, I've, over at Volquist, we've, we've laughed several times. I've, I've stuck, stood firm that I thought the number was going to be three for a while in terms of. Uh, or over under two and a half, and I took over and said I thought there was going to be three staff changes. Tennessee's obviously at two or three staff movements. You know, we, we, there's still the what happens with uh, Tracy Rocker. His, his contract expires on January 31st. So does Chris Winkie's. The expectation is that Winkie is going to re-sign with Tennessee. Um, right now, I, I think it's unclear about Tracy, but I, I think there's there's certainly a, a possibility that he returns for the 20. 20 season as well how Tennessee fills its two remaining openings I think really Josh is kind of uh um yet to be determined I think there's several different you know avenues that Tennessee could explore one one I think realistic possibility is that uh Jay Graham leaves Texas A&M um sometime after signing day and and returns home to Tennessee where he not only played but coached uh, and he assumes the running back position and also um, 
inherits Kevin Shearer's special teams coordinator title. He is Graham has coached special teams for a number of years uh, at his last two stops. Tennessee would then, in if in that scenario, I think you would I would not be surprised if Ryan Niedermeyer actually switched sides of the ball and, and went and coached linebackers, uh, and then perhaps Joe Osavet at a reduced cost, you know, kind of a la how Brian Niedermeyer got his career started, um, you know, takes a, a salary somewhere around, you know, $200,000 uh, to get bumped up to be an on-field coach. Tennessee likes what they've seen from Osavet on the recruiting trail, you know, since his uh, mini promotion to, to fill in for David Johnson on the road. Um, he probably has the, his, his, uh, hands in, in the mix for the Tennessee's 2021 quarterback target, Christian Ballou, as much as anyone on staff. So that's one possible avenue, but there's other ones certainly that could be explored as well with Jeremy Pruitt. A lot going on right now, you can tell. Jesse has you covered at VolQuest.com. The other guys do there as well. VolQuest, where you can find his work. You can follow him on Twitter at Jesse R.E. Simonton. And uh, right here on the show, Jesse, appreciate the time as always. Thanks so much, and we'll talk again soon. Thanks, Josh. Appreciate it. Jesse Simonton of VolQuest. A little bit more on closing out the 2020 class. Also, 2021, Tennessee recruiting there. Clemson with a big splash. You're probably tired of it if you're a Tennessee fan or a non-Clemson fan, but I'll update you on that. Also, something that has happened on the transfer market, maybe that's the biggest recruiting splash for Tennessee and creating some positive momentum moving forward. Barrett's Lee of CBS Sports on that coming up next here on Football Futures on FM 99.1, the sports animal. The future of college football. Now, back to your host, Josh Ward. Welcome back into Football Futures. Thanks for being here this evening. My name is Josh Ward. Eric Kane's going to take over at 7.30, and then ball calls will begin at 8 o'clock. And uh, continuing the conversation with recruiting for 2020, as we talked about, there are only a few spots left, only a few names to pay attention to. It is kind of incredible with the Zach Evans story. Tennessee has been linked to maybe the two craziest stories of this recruiting cycle. The Jay Hardy story where he had gone through the recruiting process, committed to Auburn back in December, but unsigned. At least it appeared that way. And then word came out, what, a week and a half ago or so, that he has actually signed with Auburn. He did so back in December, just kept it quiet and continued to maintain that he had not until it was confirmed by his family and by Auburn that, yeah, he actually did sign with the Tigers a few weeks ago. And and Tennessee was still pursuing him, thinking that he was unsigned. So you had that story. And then the Zach Evans story where he's the top running back prospect in the country, certainly right up there. He signed with Georgia, was set to announce that. And then with some off-field stuff and some other questions about what was going on behind the scenes, he ends up being released from the letter. Georgia at least remained in the picture. And then you have all these other schools that we talked about as well. All that being said, he's still a big-time talent, and it makes sense why Tennessee is pursuing Evans because from a football standpoint, he would have a chance to come in and start right away, for sure come in and play right away. And Tennessee does have talent running back. Ty Chandler's a good player. Eric Gray showed the signs of why he was so well thought of as a recruit. His final two games against Vanderbilt and against Indiana have created a lot of excitement for what he could do next year. But I would also say you can never have too many running backs, especially too many talented running backs, and Evans would potentially be the most talented running back on Tennessee's roster. And with Marquez Callaway gone, Juwan Jennings gone, Domwood Anderson gone, you have questions at, at wide receiver, you still have guys trying to prove themselves at running back at a higher level, you can't have too many skill position players. So if Tennessee were to add Evans, just from a football standpoint, he would have a, a chance to come in and make an immediate impact 
on the offensive side of the ball. There are the off-field questions, and it does have to make you wonder why are some schools maybe backing away, what's going on there, uh, him being removed from his high school team. There are off-field questions, but on the field, there is no question. He's a big-time talent. So what happens with Zach Evans over the next week and a half will be the number one item to pay attention to if you're a Tennessee fan, as Tennessee is appearing to put on the full-court press to try to convince him to sign with the Vols. And yeah, in the end, he can make an announcement next week and still change his mind. So it's very much a developing story. Before I get to a couple of notes on recruiting for 2021, the biggest recruit maybe that Tennessee has been able to land, maybe the two biggest recruits, literally and figuratively, are guys who have been playing college football for the last few years. That's Trey Smith coming back to Tennessee, and then Cade Mays arriving at Tennessee while we continue to wait to find out if he'll be able to play right away. Right now, I think the expectation by most is that he'll be able to play immediately this year as a transfer from Georgia and that he will be given his waiver. I always say be careful in trying to make a prediction with the NCAA in these kinds of cases, but I I do think it seems more likely than not that Cade can play for Tennessee, and that's something that Barrett Salee talked about recently with us on Sports 180. Barrett covers college football for CBS Sports. And he talked about those two players, Trey Smith returning and Cade Mays joining Tennessee's football team and the good news that could come with that for Tennessee's football program. It's been an interesting time. I think it shows positive momentum uh, for Tennessee. Um, As far as Cade Mays being eligible, I think um, there's a reason that that he went to Tennessee. I think they have pretty much assurance from Tom Mars that, you know, he'll be eligible. I do find, I did find it a little disingenuous that Tom Morris tried to take a shot at Georgia because I can guarantee you beyond a shadow of a doubt, because I know for a fact that Georgia did not leak that lawsuit information. So it's been wild. It's been crazy, but getting Trey Smith back, I mean, that's the, I think that's the biggest off season, you know, personnel news Tennessee could possibly get recruiting included. So, um, again, I think it shows that people are buying into Tennessee that Jeremy Pruitt, um, is capitalizing on, on the, the strong close of the season. And, um, you know, things are looking up. I don't know if they're going to contend next year, but considering Georgia's issues, you know, maybe they are relevant. I mean, they were, you know, just as close to a 10-win season this year, so uh, anything's possible at this point. Barrett Salee of CBSSports.com. A number of guys in this class are going to have a chance to help right away. Harrison Bailey's going to compete at quarterback. Jalen Hyatt's going to come in and try to play right away at wide receiver. Same for Jimmy Callaway. Guys on the defensive side, Keyshawn Lawrence, will try to help in the secondary. But if Tennessee has an eligible Cade Mays, I don't think there's any bigger impact than having Cade join the offensive line and Trey Smith return to play on it for Tennessee. And that, I still think Georgia probably goes in as the favorite, probably the favorite ahead of Florida and then Florida ahead of Tennessee. But the top two that will be talked about this summer are Georgia and Florida or Florida and Georgia, whichever order it ends up being. But Tennessee will be the third team talked about. And that is a move from where Tennessee has been the last couple of years. And then we'll see on the field if Tennessee can, can make some strides there. Now, Uh, With recruiting, Tennessee continues to focus on 2020, but really putting a lot of effort into the 2021 class. As we talked about last segment, the Vols landed a defensive lineman, Isaac Washington, who has a really nice offer list. I think Jesse Simonton's probably right. His recruiting ranking will probably go up. There's still a long way to go between now and next year. Look at Harrison Bailey. He just received his fifth star from rivals a week ago. So uh, I I think Washington's going to be considered a nice prospect in this class. Tennessee has five commitments for the 2021 class. One four-star guy, and the other guys are three stars, like I mentioned. That's fluid. And recruiting in-state will be interesting because it's maybe not going to be as big of a year inside the state. Now, maybe the top prospect in the state 
tight end Jake Brenningstool, he announced his commitment to Clemson over the weekend. And I have to imagine Tennessee fans are tired of hearing about Clemson recruiting so well, especially recruiting well inside the state of Tennessee. So maybe the top guy in the state, he's from uh, Brentwood, goes to Ravenwood. He is now committed to Clemson. And Clemson is just off and running as it has been in the 2020 class. And on the field, things have gone so well. On the recruiting trail, I don't think things have ever been better for Clemson. They have the number one player in the 2020 class. And then the top player in the 2021 class, Corey Foreman, a defensive end from Corona, California, announced his commitment to Clemson over the weekend. So already for next year, Clemson has nine commitments. All of those guys are four- or five-star prospects. One of those players, the tight end from Ravenwood in the mid-state area, who committed over the weekend, again, probably considered the top prospect in the state of Tennessee. Recruiting in the the SEC is probably at an all-time high in terms of competition. When you're looking at five, six, seven of the top ten classes in the country are going to come from the SEC. You know, I have Lane Kiffin at Ole Miss, and he's going to be a guy that you really have to battle especially on the west end of the state. I'm sure Lane's going to try to go recruit the Memphis area and everywhere else. I mean, you know how Lane tries to go about things in recruiting. Sam Pittman's a solid recruiter at Arkansas, and then things are just going to get tougher going up against Florida, Georgia. I do think South Carolina is going to be interesting with Will Muschamp on the hot seat. They're trying to hold on to Jordan Birch in the 2020 class. But first things first, Tennessee is going to try to close things out next week with the 2020 class and the three big names, running back Zach Evans, athlete D. Beckwith, and wide receiver Malachi Weidman. If Tennessee can get at least a couple of those guys, I think the Vols feel great about how things will have ended up in the class. I'll be previewing signing day next Monday at 7 o'clock, and then we'll see next Wednesday what ends up happening. Producing the Facts is coming up next here on FM 99.1, the sports.